the Canadian Military History Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lacroix. Music provided by the 48th Highlanders of Canada. Today's guest, Ranger Corporal Jolie Arnuck of the 1st Canadian Ranger Patrol Group, Arctic Bay, Nunavut. I love it when out in the land, taking to people how to survive and how to learn, and that's my part of my job. Welcome to the Canadian Military History Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lacroix. I'm going to start this episode by addressing a bit of the feedback I've received. First, I have an email from Kyle. It doesn't say where he's from or which unit he's in. He sent me an email telling me that he'd bought some stuff from Amazon and he wanted to know if the Amazon link was working. So I did reply to him. However, let's have a quick look at what's been bought on the Amazon link. Now remember, when you buy stuff on Amazon through my link, I can see what you've bought. I just don't see who has bought it. So someone under books has bought a book about Aboriginal history. It says, Clearing the Plains, Disease, Politics of Starvation, and the Loss of Aboriginal Life. Someone else has bought the Annapolis Book of Seamanship, 4th edition. And someone has bought the Travel Journals of Tapan Adney, Volume 2. You can buy more than books on Amazon. Someone has bought some Gillette Mach 3 Turbo Refill Cartridges. And someone else bought some Gillette Clear Gel Deodorant Antiperspirant. Which is great, because that's consumable stuff. And if you want to keep buying that consumable stuff from my Amazon link, please go ahead. So I think this is a purchase from Kyle. We got dry packs, 40 grams indicating silica gel aluminum canister. So he said he bought some desiccant packages, so that looks like that's from Kyle. Under sports and outdoors, we have an Allen Company knit gun stock for handguns. We have a Caldwell Deadshot shooting bag. Someone bought an RAT folding knife. Someone else bought a Plano gun guard, so another rifle case. And somebody bought a sharpener, a Smithstone's PP1 multifunction sharpener. So as I've said before, continue using my Amazon link to support the show. Remember, when you use the Amazon link, a small portion of your purchase goes into supporting the show. However, your price doesn't change. So I hope that answers Kyle's question. Yes, the Amazon link is working and your purchases are helping with the show. Thanks, Kyle. So jumping over from Amazon to iTunes, I can see that there's been no ratings or reviews for quite some time. The last review was November 28, 2014, and there aren't very many ratings going on. So if you can, take a moment, jump on to iTunes. You have to search for the podcast through your iTunes store. Do a quick search under podcast for the Canadian Military History Podcast and give me a rating. And what that does is it helps other people just like you to find the show. Finally, jumping over to Facebook, which is completely the opposite. I seem to be getting ratings every single day from people who are enjoying the show. So whether it's by iTunes, Facebook, or email, please feel free to reach out to me if you're enjoying the show, if you have any comments or questions, or if you're interested in becoming a guest yourself. Once again, my email address is Lacroix cmhp at gmail.com. One of the things that's been keeping me busy and occupied this winter was leading up to an expedition to the Arctic. It was an Arctic sovereignty exercise known as NORX 2015, N-O-R for North and X for Exercise. 
so I was with a company of Grand Simcoe Foresters which were augmented by soldiers from 31 Canadian Brigade Group as well as some soldiers from 32 Canadian Brigade Group and a platoon from two CMBGs, specifically Duke's Company of 1RCR. We spent just under two weeks in the Arctic, so there was a bit of a recce in February that took us up to the Arctic to see the area that we'd be working in and expose us to a bit of the climate. And then the full-on exercise, sleeping outdoors on the ice in minus 50 degree weather, whereas as soon as you take your gloves off, your hands are immediately feeling the effects. So leading up to that exercise and the conduct of that exercise has kept me quite busy and away from the show. However, now that the good weather is here and we're into the spring, I don't really have an excuse, so I better sit down and get some episodes done. Speaking of which, I am looking for guests to be on the show. My attraction efforts are in full swing. Hopefully that produces some results. I'm looking for some people who are interested in being guests on the show. So going back to the Arctic, one of the groups of people that we were exposed to are the Canadian Rangers. And since they are members of the Canadian Forces, I felt it was appropriate to interview one of the Rangers on the show. For those that aren't familiar with the Rangers and what they're all about, this is from the Canadian Army website. The Canadian Rangers are a subcomponent of the Canadian Armed Forces Reserves. They provide patrols and detachments for national security and public safety missions in sparsely settled northern, coastal, and isolated areas of Canada that cannot conveniently or economically be covered by other parts of the Canadian Armed Forces. The Canadian Rangers protect Canada's sovereignty by reporting unusual activity or sightings, collecting local data of significance to the Canadian Armed Forces, and conducting surveillance or sovereignty patrols as required. So there are approximately 5,000 Canadian Rangers in over 200 communities where the Canadian Rangers live. They speak 26 dialects and languages, and many of them are Aboriginal. Although I learned that you don't have to be an Aboriginal person to join the Canadian Rangers. Anybody who lives in the North can join the Rangers. You have to be healthy, you have to be free of any legal troubles, and remarkably, you have to own your own snowmobile, your own ATV, and your own boat to join the Rangers. They cannot accept you if you don't own those things, and they do expect you to use those during the course of your duties. Each of our platoons in the company was assigned two rangers, and our company headquarters was assigned two rangers plus a ranger liaison from Yellowknife. Our guest today is Ranger Corporal Jolie Gaunuk, and during the interview you're going to hear a bit of noise in the background. I had to modify or adapt to the local conditions, so I just used my iPhone as a recorder, and right off the bat, what happens? A plane takes off right at the beginning of the interview, so there's a bit of background noise. However, the episode is of sufficient quality to listen to. You'll also remark there is a bit of a language barrier involved in this episode, but it's not significant enough to detract from the interview. Now, he prefers to be called Jolie, and he's got 28 years of service. He comes from Arctic Bay in Nunavut, and he enjoys taking people out on expeditions or on exercises or any other opportunity to take some people out on what he calls the land. Here's my interview with Ranger Corporal Jolie Kaunak. Ranger Corporal Kaunak, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Now, you and I first met on exercise Norex 15 in the Arctic Ocean near Cornwallis Island, and you were helping me fix a snowmobile. Yeah, right now, I've been doing that one, like teach how fixing up a snowmobile, or how to tighten up the automatics, tying up, and how to drive, which direction, and then depending on where I have to be. At the way back, I've been twice scouting, eh? mm-hmm. and then get back here and... It just a headquarters told me first and how to handle it and how to build it. The ranges are up here in the north, being scout and be leader. How, right. Yep. 
Yeah, excellent. Well, your support was very valuable, and a lot of the soldiers commented how much they appreciated having rangers assigned to their platoons. So thank you very much for that. Can you tell me why you chose to join the Canadian Armed Forces? Well, I've been ranger for like, oh, I got two medals for one for five years, one for over 28 years. Right. So I was interested only for the caribou hunt. I got here, I'm, uh, I'm from Arctic Bay. Right. So I come up here just for the caribou. Right. Uh, I was interested in helping you guys now. Mm-hmm. That's the plan was I get call, we get called from uh, Yellowknife Rangers headquarters. Right. It's in Yellowknife. Sure. We can be called, and then there's who the guys who want like to be and come up here. But why did you join the Canadian Rangers? Why did you start? I actually, when I get started, it had to be by the age. It had to be over 19 years. I right. got, when I got 19, I became a ranger since I got over maybe 28 years now. Did your elders tell you to become a ranger or did you choose to become a ranger? No, one of the sergeants in, in Tulik told me about to come and join for rangers. Be like I pick, they picked me up like I was good at it, like out in the land, out to survive a hunt. So they chose me to come up and then help. So you think you were chosen then? Yeah. Excellent. What were you like when you joined the Rangers? I love it. Went out out in the land, mm-hmm. taking to out people how right. to survive and how to learn. And that's my part of my job. Like right. I, yes. What year did you join the Rangers? I actually grew up from Iglulik. I'm living in from Arctic Bay now, 15 years now. I'm joining in Ranger for 1986. 86. Between the, uh, 86 or 87. Between right. the, I so well right. over 25 years ago then. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. What was the world like when you joined in 1986? What was your perception of the world as a young man? Yeah, right now, my joining failed. Like, I am the one of the instructors. I started in 2012. Right. I started up here. And I started in January every year. I come up here in Brazil and where. For the sergeant, I trained them. Right, you train the Sartex on how to survive when they do a rescue operation. That's right. Yes. I heard about that. So I learned to teach how little bit hiding. I come in February too. I trained for the Canadian Force in February how to actually build, how to eat loof, how to survive the land, how Mm -hmm. to read the land. Right. Yes, and how to tell, but no. What is your greatest achievement as a ranger or your most memorable occurrence? Wow. When you think back as your time as a ranger, what do you reflect mostly about? I don't know. I've been doing this is my third year with the Navy. Right. My interesting one, like shooting with that 50 caliber. Oh, shooting 50 caliber. Yeah, Yeah. I'm a machine gunner myself. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Was it a machine gun? Belt fed? Good. And then I got that another, which is being coined again. Mm Mm-hmm. That year, it was my best one, like last year. What happened last year? We went out, it was about, we took across that island, we go around it. Griffin Island? Yeah, and right. then I've been doing instructed and then uh, caught caribou again. Right. So actually, I, every year I come up here, mostly I know that land now, and we're close to Resolute. Right. Yeah. So we can't go to Griffin Island today, right? Yeah. Why can't we go to well, Griffin Island? the Ben Island. I think I think there's open water. Yes, <laughs> we can't it's we can't go on snowmobile right to Griffin Island because yes, uh, there's, there's too dangerous. Too much, 
Yes, we can go. The plot right now is very close. Right now, in 2015, in Resolute. Right. When I used to come up, starting in 2012, it, the plot used to be further. Right. Right now, it's coming. It's change up. We can go even go to the Somerset Island. Right. Right. Well, on that way towards Cambridge, where we can go there, but but went around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you tell me who is the most memorable character that you've encountered in your time in the Canadian Rangers or who is the person that helped you the most or influenced you the most? Who is your best teacher? My best was teacher we're working with it. Right now he's here, mm-hmm. but uh, he's always a warrant officer. We call him nicknamed Danny Boy. Yeah, Danny yeah, Boy, okay, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was in my tent, that's right. Yeah, he was my most demo for working with him. And yeah. the other one was the uh, Captain Nick Gallagher. I think he's been transferred. He used to be in Yellowknife. Those right. two guys are my, my your greatest work. teacher. Yes. So tell me about Danny Boy. What makes him a good teacher? One time, first time I met it in 1998. That year, I working with him, and he was my interesting one once time. And you make talks a lot how to handle everything, like sort it out, mm-hmm. and how to. Handle the people like right now. He just go when he tells me what to do. That I just sort and then set everything up. So he made you a, a good instructor then, a yes. good ranger instructor. Yes. Do you uh, have a funny story about Danny Boy? Yeah, that yeah, I remember that I was doing the uh, same thing. It was called Arctic Operation Nano. Right, Op- Nano. Yes. They were starting snowmobiling mm-hmm. from Resolute to Greasefield, from Greasefield to. Uh, their patrol got to Alexander Field and to Eureka. And when patrol one and two, when it's going to straight to alert, when it's going alert, go around. To alert? Yeah. Wow, that's that a big distance. Year, On I snowmobile? Was, yeah. That year I was working, and that Danny, I had the cameraman right beside me. I was the, the, that cameraman was filming. Mm-hmm. And Danny boy was supposed to be on the last one, eh? Mm-hmm. And then he was telling other cameraman was talking to them. Nobody have to wait. Oh. And that Danny boy, Danny was on the last one. Right. And then he started waving. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was my memory. That laughing. When I right. got to my boss, uh, Captain Nick Gallagher. Yes. He said, he did it perfect, and we start laughing. <laughs> How about Captain Nick? What can you tell me about him? Well, Captain Nick Gallagher was my good patron working with, too. We were mostly stick, sticking in Resolute and Drica. We mostly do, we were mostly doing flying up in north in Drica and up here. Right. Too close to the reef. I went by snowmobile by into from Jerica to I guess the head back from Warren Island. I managed to turn back and then we made we worked together then right. that year. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to be gone from your group soon. Is that what you said? He's getting posted. Yeah. If you're like for us, not our headquarters maintain. We got headquarters from Yellowknife. It's for the Rangers, for the junior Rangers and cadets. I'll be always changed out. I remember Danny right now. He's been the longest in living in Yellowknife. Right. Mm-hmm. So tell me, you said about junior Rangers. What's that? Tell me about that. Uh, those junior Rangers are the uh, control by Painting of ours for Rangers. Mm-hmm. It's younger people. They have to be under 18 to 14, 15. Right. Those are junior Rangers. Do you work with them? 
No, in Arctic Bay, we have cadets. Right. Every year, I work to come out in the land and teaching how to survive a skill, like the same thing, how to build igloo, how to read the land, and how to hunt. I work in some year, every year in cadet with them. Right. I took them up for four days out in the land. And they enjoy that? Yes. How do they become cadets? Are they chosen or do they choose to start? No, they usually come up and then they want to... Yeah, you actually, when they go over 20, over 10 years old, or 15 years old, they come, if that come want to be a cadet, they often have to have a report for them and, and then have So to, they have to ask for it? Yeah, ask for it first. And then do many of the cadets become rangers? Yes, actually, most are in Arctic Bay, mostly to be a cadet. You know, see, right now, when they get 19, you used to become a ranger. Right. Now, we're going to do the last question. What is the greatest challenge you had to overcome? What is the most difficult thing you had to do? Well, that uh, difficult ones when I was doing search and rescue in summertime. A rescue? Uh, yeah, yeah, rescue. But there were two guys being passed out, and that boat was being tipped. I've been, been searching for what, that. What kind of boat? A small boat? A no, it was 24-foot aluminum boat, Winnipeg okay, boat. Right. And then two brothers were died on. We've been, that was my hardest part one. You had to recover their bodies? Yeah. Now, did you have to travel far? What was difficult about that? Uh, was it more emotional difficulty, or were they Inuit? They were from Arctic Bay. We were, I was living in Arctic Bay that year in uh, that year, it was most difficult. I when I was out hunting by boat, and I pushed the assault, and we tried to be search and rescue it, and then the, we chartered a plane to another, right, and then came over, and he found that, and then uh, to another picked me up, and I recognized that boat. So, and then so you knew the man. So I knew that coast guard picked it up, and then we noticed that he they were out there, right, by the way. Yeah, I can tell that brings back some powerful memories for you. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to say to finish your episode? Well, yeah, my, like, having been out a good hunter, like, how to read the land, that my, it's mostly skill. They pick me up and going interesting me up. Mm-hmm. They ask me for and then I would go. Right. Yeah. Thanks a lot for asking me. You're very welcome. What is next for you? What's the next thing you're going to do? Well... When that this one gonna go home, probably she won't see you hunting. You're gonna go yeah. hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to be a guest on my show. Yeah. I hope that uh, the next time I come up to Resolute Bay or Grease Fjord or anywhere else in the Arctic, I get to see you and I get to work with you again. Oh, okay. Thanks Alrighty. a lot. Take you. care. Thank yep. you. Thank you for listening to the Canadian Military History Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy the podcast, please leave some feedback on iTunes. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send me an email at cmhp at gmail.com. Please let me know if you'd like me to read your comments on the air. While you're waiting for our next episode, please visit the website at www.canadianmilitaryhistorypodcast.ca or the CMHP Facebook page. If you'd like to support the podcast by making a donation, please click the PayPal link on the webpage. The next time you're considering buying something from Amazon.ca, please visit the Canadian Military History Podcast website and click on my Amazon link. 
A small portion of your purchase goes directly towards the support and maintenance of the podcast. However, your great price from Amazon doesn't change. All donations will go directly into the production of the podcast. All music is used with the express permission of the commanding officer. tag music is provided by the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry. Views and opinions are those of the guests of the Canadian Military History Podcast and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Mike Lacroix Productions, the Government of Canada, or the Department of National Defence. This is a Mike Lacroix Production.